Grab your favorite drink, whether it's a coffee, cocktail, or tea, and get ready. It's Ladies' Night on Lady Overlander Radio. Lady Overlander Radio is brought to you by Artemis Overland Hardware, Midland Radio, Timbo Tusk, U.S. Action Tracks, The Moore Expo, and Adventure Trail RV, creator of the Overland Shower. Artemis Overland Hardware is a full retail Overland superstore who treat their customers, both old and new, like family. The Artemis Overland team will make sure you have everything you need to have a safe and enjoyable outdoor experience. Visit their store in Springfield, Missouri, or shop online at www.artemisoverland.com. My guest tonight is Cindy Pope of Northology Adventures. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, Hi, thanks for having me. So um, what we're going to do first is I'd like you to give a little background on yourself. Tell us, you know, how you got into overlanding, how you have come to where you are in your life so far. Oh, uh, that's kind of a boring story. Nobody wants to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The short version is, um, you know, our parents took us camping a lot when we were kids because we were super, super um, not rich and state parks were free. So we did a lot of camping, fishing, canoeing, uh, hiking, things like that. And then fast forward, um, I got into, um, you know, I had a Suzuki Samurai back in the 80s. I had a Jeep Comanche pickup at one point. Uh, nice. And then I got into a Wrangler and a Jeep group and started doing a lot more things. Well, I mean, we used to, when we go whitewater canoeing, we'd go up by the Wolf River and the Nicolay and just do dispersed camping, you know, mm-hmm. that was free. And I took my Toyota Corolla down some gnarly fire roads <laughs> um, and thought, you know, I really like to go farther than this and get away. Um, so I, I did upgrade to a Wrangler. I had that for several, many years. I miss it a lot, but now we have a um, 1996 Ford 350 with the Quigley four by four conversion on a four inch lift. Um, That's pretty good. We like the space, Um, but you know, I just, uh, we've been wandering and traveling and, and doing all the other outdoor activities that go along with it. And, uh, just wanted to share that with people and that's brought me to my full-time gig as a you know a outdoor uh, digital publisher and I do a lot of outdoor events too. So I assume you're speaking of Northology Adventures. I am. Which, <laughs> which I love to read your, your digital uh, uh, publication every month and tell me about how that came about how you started organizing these trips and and all of that well the trips kind of came first or or the bigger events came first i i I did a uh an outdoor adventure retreat 
up in the Keweenaw or in uh, Atlantic Mine, Michigan. Um, I had started chatting with a fellow. His name is Rob, um, and he was the like the program director, facilities director at a, uh, I guess you would call it a resort. And mm-hmm. uh, I went up and visited and, and kind of looked at the facility and the, the wheels started turning and he and I started planning an event. Um, and then we kind of gathered a team that helps me do this. Um, and we just had our fourth year. We have since moved from his facility to uh, Copper Harbor to Trails End. Uh, but yeah, we do that once a year. It's pretty big. We had about 230 some people. Um, and then over the years, we've done some smaller ones, like smaller winter events or um, uh, like overland type of base camp events uh, here and there in Wisconsin and Michigan. And I was <laughs> in the in January of, or February of 2020, I was putting together my calendar for 2020. And you you know what happened early in 2020 with the yeah. Yeah, I thought I I had just previously quit my full time job the fall, you know, October before um, to do this full time and and the the pandemic struck, so to speak. And I thought, oh, my God, this is terrible time to be out on my own doing my own business. How? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like (laughs) awful timing. And I kind of a little panic set in and I, I had to cancel some events. And um, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, what am I going to fill this void with? And and over the last couple of years before that, a couple of friends of mine have, have been bugging me. They're like, you need, you need to do a magazine. And I thought, oh, I don't have time for that. And magazines are dumb. You know, who reads magazines anymore? <laughs> um, uh, but I, the, long story short, you know, that extra time that it gave me during the lockdowns was what I used to start creating the magazine and, and asking different people, hey, would you like to contribute? And, and asking some sponsors to to come in and help, you know, get this thing off the ground. And just that, that's kind of like a little machine now, you know, every month I, I panic and I think, how am I going to get content for next month? And every month it appears. And we have a lot of super talented people. Uh, very cool yeah their photographs and their their words for this and um, it's just all just kind of I don't know I'm I'm super blessed and super lucky and um, there's a really really awesome community uh, here in the Midwest that supports it very nice so you do a lot of uh, Wisconsin, Michigan. I have a, a really good friend who lives up in the UP and she said, she keeps telling us, oh, you have to come on over land up here. There's so much public land. It's so beautiful. Oh, your yeah. friend is absolutely wrong. There is nothing to do up there. There's nothing to see. I ah! It is, <laughs> it is, it is pretty cool. Um, I actually, right now, I'm, I'm smitten with it. I've, I've been going up there for a while. We did briefly live in northern Wisconsin, and it was really easy to get to the UP from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, right now, I live in northern Illinois. I can get there in about five and a half, six hours. Um, so that means a lot of long weekends, a lot of you know week-longs. Um, there are two national forests there, the Ottawa and the Hiawatha. 
-hmm. So there's that typical national forest roads and, you know, there are some campgrounds. There's a lot of nice dispersed camping there too. And then, um, yeah, there's just, there's, you get to the lake and you can't take a bad picture. It's beautiful everywhere you look. And there's a lot of history and really cool things to do and see. I, I, I say, put it on your list. Where are you from, Misty? I apologize for not digging a little deeper into this. Oh, well, I'm actually originally from Florida. Um, my husband and I served 20 years in the Coast Guard, and then we retired in 2017 and started traveling full-time. We first, uh, at first we did our full-time RVing, and just last year we switched to full-time overlanding. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we do that with our three kids, and I homeschool, and we hike and kayak and camp and explore. Well, that so. sounds <laughs> yeah it's I love it and I think the kids love it and I know the husband loves it so you know it's been well, it's fun funny, for all of us it's funny that you say that and you know just this lady lady overlander concept it's usually the guys are like how do I get my wife or my significant other to be in, to get interested in overlanding Mm -hmm. and, and on my part, it was complete opposite because for many years, um, my husband was working. He wasn't interested in camping. Um, and so I would just be like, okay, see you in a few days. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he's a city boy, you know, um, didn't do a whole lot of camping when he was growing up. And, uh, but in the last, oh, let's see, like 18 months. He's really come around. He wants to spend more time uh, doing outdoorsy things. Uh, we have a couple of dogs that, that come along and he really enjoys, you know, walking with them, hiking with them. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a gradual, what would you call it? Um, enticement or coming around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we've been married for over 20 years. And when we first got together, I took him camping all the, or I dragged him out into the woods all the time. <laughs> and, um, he had a few not so fun experiences and we just, he took a long hiatus from it, but he's ready now. Um, he's interested, he's into it. And I'm super excited to have his support. That's awesome. It's so much more fun when you have someone to share it with. And, you know, that person, whether they start out loving it or not, you know, they come around with, you know, to that and start to enjoy it more. It makes it more enjoyable for everyone, I think. Yeah. And for a long time, even just the business was just me, you know, I'm like, I have to do this. It's it, it is who I am. I'm, you know, I have to share my love of the outdoors. And he was, you know, totally supportive of me doing that and was the main uh, reason why I, I left the work, the, the nine to five job world to mm -hmm. do this. Um, but again, with him coming around with the overlanding, he's also a big part of the business now and, and has um, on board with that a hundred percent. So that's a, that's a huge plus. That's awesome. And going back to what you had said earlier, that's, you know, the purpose of this podcast that I started is not to exclude men, which, you know, I make that very clear. It's to encourage and inspire more women to get outdoors and to not be afraid to go out and do these things that are, you know, I guess, traditionally more male 
have been historically more male-oriented or male-centered. But I'm finding more and more women like yourself that are kind of the the ringleaders that are out there doing this stuff, you know, full throttle. And sometimes they have to drag the men along, you know. But I do think that (laughs) that a lot of men appreciate the fact that, you know, this platform exists and other other things like, you know, your magazine exists that, you know, kind of show anyone can do this. Anyone can go out and enjoy nature. Anyone can go on off-road trails. Anyone can hike, fish, camp, do, you know, do anything outdoors that they want to do. And there really are no limits or no boundaries, you know, based on your gender or, or even your age. I mean, I've interviewed people I, my, I think the youngest person I've interviewed so far was 22. And, you know, I'm not exactly sure the oldest person yet, because I do not ask women their ages. She just volunteered <laughs> that. <laughs> so, you know, I just love that there's just a wide range of women out there getting out there and exploring nature. And, you know, even the women that just do straight up off-roading and they're competitive racers. And, you know, the, I, I just interviewed a woman who's a competitive um, shooter. And I just think it's great seeing so many people getting into things and exploring different parts of themselves and, you know, growing as a person. Yeah, that that's super cool. And that's one of the things that drives me to I've I'm also um, uh, have a big role in, in a, in a overland group out of Wisconsin. It's just a Facebook group, um, mm-hmm. but running events for that um, this past spring, we met a bunch of people up in the Nicolay and there were people there that um, had not been off-road ever. And a, one was a lady um, with her forerunner, brand new forerunner. And we went out on some trails and, and uh, I walked her through a bowler garden and she was just thrilled, just super like, did you get that on film? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she had never <laughs> been out before. And basically, you know, that's what she said. She's like, hey, I, I want to do this. I don't have any friends to do it with. So I, you know, found this group and, and I'm, I'm here to learn. So I I really, you know, I'm obviously don't know everything, but I'm willing to share what I do know. And like you said, you know, anybody can do it. And uh, sometimes people just have that like paralysis, like they don't know where to start. Right. And I know for myself, just, you know, with the background of doing the whitewater canoeing and, you know, my dad introducing me to the Nicolay and I'm like, what, you can just camp out here for free, like anywhere (laughs) that doesn't seem possible. Um, But it is. And, and, but a lot of people don't really know that or, or they don't know where to start or where to go. And so we try to help them with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know that uh, one place that was quite surprising for us that we visited this past summer was Wyoming. I think Wyoming is very underrated. And I think Arkansas is very underrated for outdoors, camping, overlanding. Like, Wyoming has so much public land, like the majority of the state is public land. And there's so many beautiful places Right. The, the best thing was there's not a lot of people. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned both Wyoming and Arkansas because I have friends in both states. I have not been mm-hmm. to. Well, I, I was in Wyoming like when I was a kid. Um, but I I have a friend in Wyoming. His name is Bob, and he does trips with his four exploring group. And then I have a friend uh, down in Arkansas, and his name is Josh. And just, uh, you know, following them and watching them in both of those states, there is so much beautiful stuff 
just to see and trails to go on. Um, I hope to make it to both of those places sometime soon. No, I definitely want to come up to Michigan too and explore because like I said, my friend, you know, grew up in the UP and she knows a lot of really awesome places. She built an off-grid cabin on her parents' 40 acres and she kind of lives out in the wild and does nude nature photography and very much, you know, in tune with nature and she just thrives out there and she's like, oh, you have to come up and, and see the UP and explore and so we will definitely yeah. be up there yeah. <laughs> eventually. Yeah. yeah, let me know because I would love to join you and and meet this friend of yours. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. I she's just, a, I... yeah, she's an intuitive guide and a doctor of oriental medicine. And uh, she's just, she's just an amazing soul. She's an amazing person. Well, she lives so. in an amazing place. So. Yeah, I, I know. I, I have to get up there. We're going probably maybe next summer, maybe late next summer, we'll try to work our way up that way. That's um, one of the main areas of the United States we haven't really explored yet. We went up a few years ago. Um, she got married up in Petoskey and we went up there and for her wedding. That since is not the case anymore. She's not married anymore, but it was beautiful when we were up there. So it's definitely a place I'd like to go back to and explore right. more in the whole area. So very cool. Yeah, definitely hit me up if you get up this way. Absolutely. So what is, what is one of the biggest challenges you faced when you've been out in nature and how did you overcome it? Oh, biggest challenge in nature. Um, who, um, specifically like overlanding challenge or just like anything or the, <laughs> I, oh, it thinking... could be hiking, overlanding, canoeing, anything. Yeah. I, I'm just having flashbacks right now to a time in, in spring. I went mountain biking with my dad and mm -hmm. he doesn't like two track. Or, I'm sorry, single track. He doesn't like single track mountain biking. And this was single track and he had fallen over a couple of times. And, and this was in like the first 10 minutes. And he's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm going back to the pub and wait for you. And I'm like, okay. Um, I'll, I'll continue on. It was a new trail I'd never been on. Um, it was an informal trail that the locals know about. And um, it was like five miles of hell. Oh, no. And the mosquitoes were so thick, you inhaled them. Um, the trees uh. weren't quite leafed out yet. And it was a very hot day. So when I wasn't in like a mosquito hollow, I was like hot and sweating. And I'm riding my bike. And I had my camelback backpack with me with water in it. And I ran out. Um, mm. And this is, I don't know how many hours I was out there. I, I kind of got lost. My phone started dying. And I realized at one point I couldn't go on anymore. I was going to like walk my bike out of there. And I had just completely bonked. I was dehydrated. Um, I don't know how low my blood sugar was. But with the last bars or whatever on my phone, I texted my dad and he was sitting at the Bear Paw Pub waiting for me. Um, <laughs> I said, I'm like, dad, you got to come get me. I am like, I'm not in good shape. And um, he's like, text me back. Like, I don't know where you are. <laughs> oh, no. You're like, whose idea was this bike ride anyway? <laughs> yeah, it was my idea. But um, 
the gal who yeah. owned the bear paw at the time this is where he was hanging out waiting for me um she knew where i was and she asked one of the patrons there he's like could you take this uh, Gatorade and this water out to Cindy? She's on the river trail and she's bonked. And so they were sending this guy out and um, I was just sitting there waiting, hearing like rustles in the, I swear there was a bear coming up the hill at one point. I could hear these leaves moving and I was putting my bike between me and whatever it was. Maybe I was hallucinating. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But it was a big lesson in um, don't bite off more than you can chew and don't underestimate your abilities. Um, and I was quite embarrassed. The guy arrived with the so it was a Sobe and a water. And within a couple of minutes of having some water and some Sobe, I was like a new person. And uh, we rode out. Um, to where my dad had driven in a ways and uh, uh, I was rescued so to speak um, and I was a little embarrassed about it when I got back to the bear paw and and uh, I, I came away with that though I, I, I was a little proud of myself in that you don't know how far you can go until you push it too far <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. And, so. you know, sometimes you take a little risk and sometimes the risk works out and sometimes it doesn't, but it's still yeah. worth taking the risk. Yeah. And yeah, I just, um, it was just one of those things where I, I just, I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. And, and I, I just, you know, not only, you know, learning what your limits are, but, you know, being a little bit smarter about them in the future would uh, really pay off, especially as I'm getting older and, you know. Yeah, just we uh, did a we did what is that a 18 mile bike ride I believe it was in Shark Valley in the Everglades and I think I made it to like mile 15 I was out of water it was in the summer I was I felt like I was gonna die and my husband rode back up to the entrance got me water and drove and rode back to bring me the water and wow. it was one of those things where I felt frustrated you know I was like I should be able to do this and here I am, you know, about to pass out because I'm so thirsty and I'm so tired of bike riding um, and I just want it to be over, you know? It's a terrible feeling, you know? Um, yeah, it, frustrating is definitely what it is. Uh, it, it's funny, though, I was, I was sitting there, you know, listening to the sounds in the woods. I realized that I had kinked my line for my camelback and there was a little bit of water left in there oh wow <laughs> that was that was a happy a happy time but but yeah um it, it, it's frustrating when you're in that situation um and and at that point yeah all you can do is you know hope that there is a husband to go back and get water or somebody to rescue you once when you've gone farther than you should have gone and then afterwards you know learn those lessons how to prepare better next time yeah, exactly. And that's a big, big, big point that I always try to, especially to my kids, you know, I try to drill into their heads, you know, always make sure you have enough water. If we're getting ready to go out on a hike, we always say, did you guys grab, you know, enough water? I make sure that they have enough water, that they're wearing the right shoes, you know, all of those things, because the, the, the scariest thing is getting out somewhere and not having enough hydration and, 
you know, you really start to feel those effects after a while. And, you know, it's a blessing when you find a little bit of extra water in your camelback. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. I was, I'm not kidding you. I was going to leave that bike and walk out and have somebody go get it, but I couldn't even do that. That's how bonked I was. Oh, well, I got thrown off of a horse in Costa Rica. We were doing a um, horseback ride on these rocky cliffs to a waterfall. It sounds amazing. And it was sort of, but I ended up getting thrown off the horse. There was something wrong with the horse and I refused to get back on the horse. And I walked that horse all the way back. And I think it was like six or seven miles back (laughs) because I was like, nope, look, you're not feeling well. You threw me off. I'm not feeling well now. Let's just walk side by side and deal with this later. You know, I I don't do the horse thing anyway. They're just just like dogs with attitude and they're huge. (laughs) They are huge. And, you know, when I, when we first started, you know, I, I had a feeling that there was something wrong with the horse. And I said something to the guide, I said, you know, he doesn't, he seems very shaky on his legs. Like I haven't done a lot of horseback riding because normally it's not something like you. It's like, nah, they have too much attitude and they're too big. And I, I'm not about that, but I went ahead and did it because I'm like, oh, well, I'm in Costa Rica. Why wouldn't I do this? Right. And, <laughs> and I just remember, you know, even saying to my husband, there's something up with this horse and I don't think that he's doing so hot. And then we were actually on our way back from the waterfall. And he just went down in the front on his legs and I kind of flew over the front of him and right landed right on my shoulder. And yeah. So then when I got back to the little casita we were staying and I had some, they called them margaritas por dolor. I had plenty of margaritas for the next couple of days while I nursed my shoulder. And that's why we do things with vehicles and not animals. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because you can't trust them. Not that you can trust your vehicle either, but. Hopefully it won't throw you. Yeah, sometimes you, I mean, depending on the trail you're on, I guess it could, could, you could take some rolls, but yeah, I, I'm much more happy riding in a vehicle somewhere and exploring that way. Right. Um, Everybody can keep the horses, but so how has spending time in in the outdoors improved your life? Do you think? Um, well, I think maybe the better question would be how is my life not good when I'm not in the outdoors? Cause that's another one. Yeah. That, that's all I think about when I was at my job, I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to get out of here and go North this weekend. You know, I just, um, I just want to be outdoors, you know, whether I'm walking the dog down to the park here at home or up at the family cabin um, or just, you know, I just have this, I don't know, unexplained urge or desire or feeling of, I have to be there, you know? Yeah. I know how you feel. It's, it's just invigorating to be out there and, you know, be sitting out under the stars. It's pitch black everywhere and just having that amazing view or going on a great hike, just, you know, reconnecting with yourself. It's, I've actually gotten into the last couple of years, gotten into meditation and things like that. And, you know, really just sitting by a little Creek and meditating and just listening to the sounds of nature is just amazing. Absolutely. I think the whole process, you know, the, the getting there, the doing the activity, you know, whether you're with just your spouse or friends, you know, having that shared experience, 
um, having those stories to tell around the campfire and, you know, falling asleep to the sound of the wind in the trees or the waves mm -hmm. crashing on Lake Superior. You're going to love it when you get there, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's just something that, you know, it's, it's just good for your soul. I, I just, you know, it's hard to describe. And, you know, basically I built my whole business around sharing that feeling and that experience and, and doing those things. Um, it's just something that I, I feel like, you know, some people are just, I don't know, born to be outdoors and, and drawn to it in a way that they can't deny it. Oh, absolutely. And, and we've even found that when we're out, you know, way out in nature, um, we don't need alarm clocks. We don't need to know what time it is necessarily. You know, we go to bed when the sun goes down and we wake up when the sun comes up and let our body tell us, you know, when, when it's time to get up and when it's time to take a rest. And I just love how in tune with yourself you become when you're out there and, and sharing that experience with others is, is amazing. And I love that you're doing that. Oh, well, thank you. But that means that since I'm the one running the itinerary, I do have to set an alarm clock. Yeah, you do. <laughs> You've got to make sure everybody's on schedule, but right. Yeah. Right. So this is what I call self promo time. The floor is yours. If people are interested in getting in touch with you or following your story or even booking a, a trip with you, how can they find you? They can find me at northologyadventures.com. That's our website. Um, we also on the website, you can find our free digital magazine. Um, if you sign up for a subscription, there's a little annoying pop-up when you go to the website and sign up for the subscription to the magazine. Um, when the, uh, magazine comes out every month, you'll get an email and it'll have the link to it. And we also do some subscriber drawings every once in a while. We have one going on now on Instagram, by the way, go check. Um, okay. <laughs> and then, um, it, Sometimes we do a, a like a mid-month uh, newsletter and just, you know, reshare the magazine or any information about trips. We also have some discounts from some of our supporters that we share with people that are subscribers. And the biggest thing, everybody asks me, when does, uh, when do tickets for the Keweenaw Overland Adventure Retreat go on sale? And I tell them they go on sale March 1st. Um, and if you're a subscriber to the magazine, you'll get an email. Uh, that tells you, hey, tickets are on sale, and here's the link to get them. Nice. Uh, that's advantageous, yes. Um, and yes, you know, we're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram, and all that good stuff. Um, but mostly, I just want people to subscribe to the magazine so that they can see all the awesome stories that are submitted and shared. And uh, we've got a gift guide coming out on November 1st. It'll run in November and December's issues. Uh, with some really cool gift ideas from some of our sponsors and supporters. Awesome. That sounds exciting. I can't it wait to see is. that. I'm so excited. There's so many cool things in there. And, <laughs> and just asked on Instagram, like, what are some of the things that you want? Like our advertisers or sponsors, you know, what are, well, actually it was, what do you want for Christmas? That's Overland related. And people are like, oh, we want rooftop tents or, you know, we want some really cold weather sleeping bags or some camp cooking gear. Um, things like that. So that's really exciting that people are, are responding. Um, and that's pretty much kind of the stuff that's going to be in there. So super exciting. Very, very cool. That's awesome. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm, I'm glad we were able to align our schedules and connect. I've really enjoyed talking to you. 
and I wish you safe travels and I can't wait to share a campfire with you. Awesome. Thanks. I look forward to that too. Thank you, Misty. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's podcast. Safe travels, friends. Mermaid Overlander out.